Hello, hello, and welcome to the Mostly Soccer Podcast. My name is Michael J. Dalo, and today I'm here with Jimmy. Jimmy, what today? <laughs> I am Jimmy insufferable. I've used this word like four times in the last two days to Michael because I believe the Mostly Soccer Podcast is going to be extremely insufferable for anyone <laughs> who does not want to see us succeed. Well, they've had so many years now of... Well, me not succeeding in Arsenal, but yeah. you, I mean, you've been insufferable for a few years now. Yeah, but they always get the heartbreak that I always have to get <laughs> in the Champions League every year. It's like a little carrot at the end. They get to see me get so happy and then let down so badly. But um, things are looking up, Michael. It's looking up. Oh, it's looking so good, Jimmy. This has been a fun first two weeks of the Premier League season for the both of us. Not so fun for other clubs. Um, some insane matches this past week. So much to talk about already, it feels like. It, it's already kicking off. It's a hot start to the league. Absolutely. <laughs> and we're going to get into it today. We're going to talk about Arsenal and City, obviously. And then we need to talk about Manchester United. We might bring back our favorite segment ever, which is <laughs> laughing at United. <laughs> um, and then we also need to talk about Chelsea and Spurs and Liverpool, who just drew against Crystal Palace. Following a draw against Fulham. Uh, so lots to cover, Jimmy. But the first thing I want you to do is check the Twitter. Have you been on Twitter? Oh, I, so, <laughs> so I was driving. And all I know is that you were getting into fights. That's all I know. <laughs> is you getting into fights. You're calling out somebody for a double chin. You're calling out someone else who's just got a picture of uh, Romero. Uh, and, and for whatever reason, an Italian flag. And then when you, I love, this was my favorite thing. I like this, this, uh, the Lily white army, not Italian is their bio. I saw that. I'm like, what the hell is this I, guy? I don't know what you're fighting on. him. You're fighting some guy named Rocco. You're, you're fighting everybody. <laughs> it's like, it's like I went back in time. It's like the Liverpool fans, but now we're, now we're apparently fighting the Tottenham fans. That brings me around to what I was going to say, Jimmy, you beat me to it. I had always thought Liverpool fans are the most insufferable, could never take a joke. Tottenham fans are getting a little they're 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 climbing the ladder. Yeah, they they're feisty. I mean, I guess they Sensitive. watched the match this week and they, they want to fight too. Everybody wants to fight. Yeah. I don't know, man. Um, but I just wanna put a little PSA out there to anyone listening that if you're gonna enter the mentions and you're gonna say some insulting shit. Expect insulting shit to be said back to you. Yeah. And if you, you gotta, look, I mean, and if you look like Johnny Spurs, expect <laughs> that I'm going to come at you. <laughs> Just saying people in glass houses. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's nothing new. It won't be the first. It won't be the last time that <laughs> season of 22, 23. I'm clapping back on all tweets. Yes. So we, we've had some interesting rows in the past. So it looks like we're ready to start again. I love it. We've moved off Liverpool fans and we're back. We're on Tottenham fans. Yep. Uh, you're my target this season. So look out. Yeah. And it, you, you've done a real good job of riling them up. I don't know how. They a simple came all tweet. Out of the woodworks. A simple tweet. Uh, you know what? I, I just want to also go on the record and say that if you have a football Twitter, like, uh, you know, all these United Trey or something. And you and you have like Marcus Rashford as your photo or Christian Romero. I know I can kick your ass. 
<laughs> I I can we talk about that? Can we? I, cause no, cause these always baffle me. These people who have these accounts, um, and not all of them are bad. Some are perfectly fine accounts, but it's like I, I want to know who these people are that decide that they want to be like I want to be like this would be like you being like I want to be Zinchenko one 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 on Twitter and like have a picture of Zinchenko and just tweet about. Arsenal and him and I, I don't get it. It's very odd. Are these it's, real people? Are these bots? Are they like are they real people? They're the closest thing that we have to bots, but I think they are real people. I think they're probably like twelve to eighteen year old English kids. I guess. And somehow they have a platform on these on Twitter. And it's it's very sad. I think it mostly is because they tweet the most outlandish shit and then yeah. people will just just follow them to see that and have something to complain about um but the point remains jimmy i know that i can kick your ass if you have that (laughs) twitter photo and that twitter handle so psa out there and i'll come to england and i'll find you yeah i was gonna say so michael's address (laughs) is please come to johnson rhode island if you want an ass kicking yep so they're gonna swat you Oh man, that's what I want. I want to be doxxed next. This is so easy to find me. It would probably take five seconds. <laughs> um, all right. Anyways, Jimmy, let's get in to the Premier League action of the week. And I think, you know, we're talking about Spurs fan. Let's start off um, on the hottest game of the week. It was Spurs versus Chelsea. Ended up as a 1 1 draw. 2 2 and, draw. 2 2. That's uh, oh, meant to say that. And uh, as as soon as I finished saying it, I knew. Uh, and it got feisty, real feisty. We had an all-time handshake at the end of the match from the managers. <laughs> we had Thomas Tuchel sprinting down the sideline to celebrate a goal in Antonio Conte's face. We had late drama with the Harry Kane goal. We had VAR drama. This we game had, had hair everything. Pulling. <laughs> we had yeah. hair pulling. We had Tuchel flexing. We had Conte, Conte throwing Instagram shots at Tuchel. Yeah. I love it. I love it. I, I'm so excited for this season. <laughs> it's, uh, I mean, this game, it was a great game. And the drama behind it is just the most Premier League action that I've ever seen. You know, I mean, we get one of these every year and we got it on week two already. So, you know, this is going to be a fiery season. Um, but let's talk about the game itself, Jimmy. I had some pretty low expectations for Chelsea coming into this season. Uh, and after that first week against Everton, you know, they kind of scraped out a one nil victory. I wasn't that impressed. And then this game against Tottenham, they put on a show like Chelsea dominated them. Their passing was immaculate. They, They were absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, I will say I think this is the best I've seen Chelsea look in maybe since I guess since the beginning of last season. But I almost feel like they look better because they were really grinding out victories at the beginning of last year and they they were winning, but they never looked that impressive going forward like they did in this match. Um, With an interesting lineup, I thought in some ways we saw Loftus-Cheek, who's someone, you know, I've always been a big fan of actually get a good run in, in this game. Um, I was surprised at how good Thiago Silva looked in this game. Look vintage. You turn back the clock a bit here. Um, 
I've always been a big fan of Reese James. I think I've talked about Reese James a lot on this Stunning podcast. Player. Love Reese James. I, I think he is. Uh, I mean, he's been linked to a lot of places. I don't think he's going anywhere this year. But I mean, when I, I know Real Madrid's been linked to him a lot, I would not be surprised if that's a move that happens next season. Um, he's he's a fantastic player. Um, I think they look great in this game. I think we saw the the new signing of Kukurea looking really well. As obviously Koulibaly scoring the first goal. Um, and then Raheem Sterling looked fantastic. Uh, you got all the Raheem Sterlingness in this game. The incredible runs, the incredible positioning, setting up the 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 goal for Reese James, and also missing a couple he probably should have scored himself. Um, it, you really get to see the whole spectrum there. Um, but I was very impressed, like you with Chelsea. I mean, I did not expect them to look this good. Yeah, and like you said, Kukurea and Kudabali, I thought were were excellent in this match. Uh, Mason Mount even looked great. And and Galo Conte, who looked like his old self, and then he ended up having to come off with an injury, mm-hmm. which was very sad. Um, and I thought even Kai Havertz played really well, um, except for his finishing, which is dismal. Uh, he really had a chance or two that should have went in. Him and Sterling both did. And I think Chelsea, I mean, two weeks in, it's it's far too soon to predict anything. Um, but I think Chelsea, not that this is a bold prediction, uh, are going to be better than I thought they would be. I just think that if they don't sign a striker, and I know they've been linked to Aubameyang, they're going to struggle in the long run. Uh, because, I mean, both of their goals came from defenders this match. Yeah, I, I agree with that completely. I do have one other thing before we get to first with Chelsea is um, Conor Gallagher. Looks oh, so fantastic. Good. He's so good, Jimmy. And I'm so torn because... I think he's an incredible player. Someone's always impressed me anytime I've ever seen him play. If he's gonna be on the bench, I, I I almost I feel bad for him because I really think he. It's it's a really tough situation. Like, what do you think about that? Because I feel like he's somebody who would actually be a great addition to the England squad, and I feel like if he stays at Chelsea, if he ends up on the bench, he is good enough that he could find a way into this lineup and play enough, but. If he's gonna be on the bench like this match, I'd be looking for another loan if I'm him or a permanent move. I, I just think he's too good to not play. Yeah, I agree. I mean, he came on and he looked fantastic. Um, but Ngalo Conte can't stay healthy lately. So I mean, I think he's gonna get minutes and Chelsea are gonna play a lot of matches between the League Cups and the Champions League. So I, I think he's gonna have his time. I don't think anyone in that Chelsea team is really solidified in their spot it feels like kind of anywhere oddly i mean except Jorginho. Jorginho is always a staple yeah. um yeah but I yeah mean, yeah i agree i agree with you i think that's true it's just he he really is a fantastic player i, I think maybe we both overlooked the addition of having him since you know he was already really a Chelsea player, right? It, it kind of got overlooked with the crazy spending that Chelsea's been linked to. Um, I do think Obama Yang, who you know I've always never been the biggest fan of, but I think having him would be a good addition to this team. Uh, I like Fafana. I know we're going to talk about how he played this week uh, later in this pod, but I think he would be a good addition as well. I think the price is insane. If they yeah. pay that price for him, they're they're out of their mind. And Leicester has shown that they get that price for their players. If you want their players, you pay. Um, 
which is interesting because Jamie Vardy being linked to Manchester United is an interesting thing that just came up as well. Uh, but I, I do want to talk about Spurs, Michael, and I want to ask your opinion. I want you to be unbiased as much as you can. I was so impressed with Spurs last week, and then this week, not so much. Jimmy, I think I do a pretty good job of being unbiased most of the time. And that might be my bias speaking. Um, <laughs> But I think Spurs are a fantastic team. I just want to put that out there. Spurs are one of the best teams in the Premier League. Spurs have probably the best front three in the league. Maybe the best front three in the world. I mean, they're, they're a fantastic team. Their, their defense is okay. Their midfield, I think, is their weakest part. Um, but I mean, like, the way that they play is actually infuriating to me. And... This this match is just the perfect example of why no one should support Spurs. <laughs> I mean, first of all, their lineup is unlikable. I think Antonio Conte has a face that anyone would want to punch. Even if you're a Spurs <laughs> fan, you know, if he won trophies with you at Chelsea, Antonio has a face that you just want to slug. <laughs> um, they have Richarlison. Christian Ramiro is, uh, I, I don't want to use the word, but I think we know what I'm thinking. It starts with a C. That's how I would describe him. And, and Basuma, I mean, celebrating at full time like they had just won the league after they secured a, a very shaky draw. I'm not a fan of the Spurs team, aside from my Arsenal bias. Um, but this game specifically infuriated me because they literally have maybe the best front three in the league, potentially the world, and they play like they're fucking Burnley. They sit 11 men behind the ball for 90 minutes, they don't want to touch the ball. They don't want to try and have possession. And they just want to counterattack. And you know what? It works. I'll give them that. Most of the time it works. But in this game, they were dominated. And they were extremely, extremely fortunate to score each of the goals that they scored. The first one was a clear foul on Kai Havertz, not called. And the second, uh, Christian Romero pulled Kukurea down by his hair on the corner kick before they had scored in no action was taken against him um it's it's very odd how fortunate the spurs team is uh the tail end of last season and now starting the season out just as they left off um very odd yeah they're a weird team this is my takeaway is they're a very odd team uh the sun king kuliszewski front three is incredible kuliszewski is someone who is i've been blown away with how good he's been in the premier league and to look at the way Juventus struggled and really didn't utilize him just makes no sense to me because um, I think he's fantastic. I think Richarlison, who neither of us are a fan of the person, but is a quality player. And I thought he added a lot, actually, when he came off the bench. And I think him, he's a good addition to come off the bench in a game because he's Definitely. a nuisance. And having someone like that helps when you're chasing like they were. Perisic, we saw what he can do on corners and his delivery alone was impressive. Uh, there's real talent here, but the defense is still iffy at best, I think, which is surprising of an Antonio Conte team and a team that defends so deep like they do. Um, I thought Bentacol was awful. I thought he was really, Jimmy. really, really bad. He's not I, don't, he's I know not that player. Tuchel called them tactical fouls. I don't even know if they were tactical fouls. I think he was just off the pace. And he was following simply because he couldn't keep up with the game. 
Like, that's what it looked like to me. It didn't look like they were intelligent fouls. It looked like he fouled because that's all he could do. Um, Hoiberg, I think, is quite good. But Bentecourt and Hoiberg midfield together, really trying to hold down the whole midfield. I don't know how that's going to work. Um, I, I don't know. It's, it's a weird team. It's a really odd team. And I don't know what we're going to get from them. I was so impressed. And I I had really high hopes for them. And not that I want to see them this game. But, like, I thought that they were going to be a very good team. Because I think Conte will get them to play hard. And I think they played hard in this game. Oh, definitely. And I don't think a draw at Chelsea is a bad result. So let me be clear about that. It was the way they played that I was not impressed. I thought they were better in the second half. But I thought their first half was awful. And I expect the Antonio Conte team to come out a little better than they did. Right. I mean, credit to them. They got a draw in a game where they definitely should not have. They were dominated for large parts of that game. They played hard. Um, I I agree. The team is very odd. I don't I don't know how they're gonna scrape results out uh, throughout the season, though. Um, playing like this, it's just a, it's just an odd way to play. And I know they strengthened that front three even more. They brought in Perisic. They brought in Richarlison. But you do wonder, like, this team is like Harry Kane and Son away from being fucking Burnley. It's it's literally the exact way they play, and it's just infuriating. One last thing. Stop saying Burnley. Vincent Company is now the manager of Burnley. They're a different team. <laughs> it's just that same style, <laughs> and they have the same <laughs> level of annoying manager. Um, Antonio Conte does a different thing than Son- Sean Deitch. So Sean Deitch will complain about everything. Antonio Conte will get every call in his favor and then gaslight the reporter that he has no idea what what happened. It, it's very bizarre. Um, I did think, though, that Thomas Tuchel gave a great post-match uh, interview. And he kind of, he basically told Anthony Taylor to take a hike. Um, <laughs> and he also was very mature about the situation with Conte, as was Conte. Aside from his Instagram post, but you know, <laughs> he can't help himself. Yeah. He's a scumbag. <laughs> scumbag. <laughs> As a fellow Italian, I think we can call him a scumbag. He's a fiery character. Yeah, he's a fiery character. <laughs> I'd like to slug him. I'd like to slug him. Um, but those those lack of calls against Hannah Motspur, it, it's it's concerning. I don't know how Christian Romero is not fucking sent off, Jimmy. Nothing happened to him. Here's what I'll say. It's another year. It's, it's another year. It's bad refereeing in the Premier League. Nothing yeah, else. I know. It, it's just viciously bad, and it depends what jersey you're wearing. And it really does every year. It, it's so bizarre. I don't understand it, but it keeps happening. Um, and I mean, even that first goal. I mean, I'm less angry about that first goal that Tottenham scored. Um, you know, people are saying Richarlison is offsides and in in the line of sight of Mendy. I, I think that's iffy. I don't think you call a goal back for that, to be perfectly no. honest. But the I think foul was more the concern. Right. I don't know how you miss that foul. And then if VAR is going back to check all the way there, you have to give the foul. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, it's poor refereeing. I mean, to the fact is that both goals were were directly benefited from it. Exactly. Um, like, and the hair pulling is like it's stupid, but it, he literally pulled his hair. There's no denying it. Like, it, yeah. It's... And and even if you don't call it there, how do you not retroactively do something about that? Yeah, that's the thing. It's, it's just 
it's bizarre. It's not tough. It's bizarre. It's it's uh, it's lopsided. The decision making is lopsided in that game. It really was. It's sad. Uh, but anyways, Jimmy, let's move on to a happier topic. Let's talk about your boys. Let's talk about Manchester City for a bit. Yeah. Um, I know they're scoring goals by the bunches. Yeah, they are a 4-0 victory over Bournemouth. It was um this was an easy one. This was an easy, easy result. Um, I don't want to hold playing City as the standard that Bournemouth need to live up to to remain in the league. But having watched this, I don't necessarily feel great about their chances in the league because I think they looked very, very lackluster in all aspects of the game. City could have had a lot more. City did this without going out of first gear. Like they, this was a cruise to victory. Um, I I thought City looked good. Don't get me wrong. I think City's defense looks very very good. City win the ball back immediately when they lose it, which is phenomenal. We've seen. I think the system this year kind of goes back to Pep's first year, which people probably don't remember. Um, which was really more his Bayern style where the the fullbacks really tuck into midfield completely. Um, And we've seen both Walker and Cancelo to a point, but Cancelo almost is playing more as a winger and it's really more Walker. It's really playing as an additional midfielder, which is just allowing City to hold so much possession, even more than they usually do. I think Ake looks really, really good. It's a good thing that they kept him because he's looking... Worth every penny that they paid for him from Bournemouth a couple weeks ago. So he, he looks worth it. Holland is a menace. He's just, he's a force. He didn't score in this game, but he assisted the first goal, was terrorizing the defense all game. And Kevin De Bruyne's the best player in the league. Um, up there behind, with anyone in the world. Behind Gabriel Jesus, he means the best player <laughs> in the league. <laughs> um, but, but yeah. That, like, he he's added so so much more goal scoring to his game over the last year. Um, he he's phenomenal. He he really is phenomenal. Um, City just have so much talent. Their their depth scares me. I will say that I'm worried about depth if Bernardo Silva leaves. I think that there is a real concern there because outside of him, I mean, you you have Grealish, you have Stones, you have Alvarez. That's it. End of list. Uh, and Alvarez, again, is a young player whose only experience is the Argentinian league. So keep that as you will. Um, but again, this was an easy one. There's really not much to talk about. I will just say that Rico Lewis, 17-year-old, who Pep seems to be a big fan of, actually made an appearance in this game. Looks like a real threat. Like It really it could be a really, really exciting player uh, to be getting any time, whether it be a minute or two. For City at 17, it's a very impressive feat. So I'm excited to see what he has to offer. Yeah, definitely. Um, and, you know, we, we missed the uh, first week, but Holland, two goals in that in his debut. Um, he is going to terrorize this league. And the thing about Holland is, I, I mean, City literally will put the ball on a platter for him week in and week out. I mean, there was, I saw a few highlights, and there was one where Phil Foden should have, uh, easily pass it to Han for a yeah. tap in. I mean, he's going to have a ton of those and you know, he's going to be compared to Darwin Nunez a lot. And I just think that the talent and the maturity is greater in Holland right now, but Nunez is phenomenal. Yeah. No, it's nothing against Nunez. I just think Holland's a different level player. 
I think Nunez is a great player. I think Holland's a world class player. That that's what I think the difference yeah, is. Already. Yeah, that's already. The, the thing is, and the, the funny thing is, and this is a scary thing I would think for people is City haven't quite got on the same page with Holland. He or he hasn't quite got on the same page with the style yet. You're starting to see it more and more, but it, like, give it a month. Give it a mm-hmm. month. Give it two months. When they understand his runs and he understands where to be, I, I think it truly could be deadly. I mean, when you see that, when you have a front three of Foden, Mares, and Holland, like these are players who can just create something from nothing. And you have De Bruyne and Gundogan behind them, who are two of the most attacking minded midfielders you could find. I mean, Gundogan looked incredible this game. He named City captain uh, two yeah. days ago. So, I think he's going to be a big part of this team. I think if Bernardo Silva leaves in particular, I think Gundogan will be like sneaky, like up there for player of the year type of player. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, and let's let's move on. Let's t- keep the good vibes rolling. Let's talk about Arsenal, Jimmy. Uh, 2-0 to start the season. A huge 2-0 victory against Palace away to start the season. Uh, and then a 4-2 victory at home against Leicester City. Those are not teams to to turn your nose at i mean no. crystal palace at home is a really tough match um and then leicester city always puts up a fight against arsenal um very solid team but arsenal have just been really impressive two matches into the season too early to get too excited um but i was texting you during the match uh this past weekend i was just like giddy watching arsenal like they were pinging the ball around. They look like they know exactly where the other player is going. They always have somewhere uh, to pass the ball. The speed of this Arsenal team, you mentioned that City, as soon as they lose the ball, they pounce on it and they get it right back. These past two matches, Arsenal have been all over teams. I mean, the energy that Arsenal bring uh, or have bought brought for these past two matches has just been incredible to watch. Gabriel Martinelli, Gabriel Jesus, Bakayo Saka, that is a terrifying front three. Um, And Gabriel Jesus, man, I know you've told me that he's a great player. I've seen that he can be a great player, but he, I don't know how it happened so quickly, but he looks like he's been an Arsenal player for years and he's just so talented. The way he dribbles the ball, it's insane. Like, I don't, I like, it reminds me of when Alexis Sanchez first came to Arsenal, like that level of, holy shit, like we have a player here. Um, just absolutely stunning. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah, I, I've said this to you the whole time. From when it was first linked to Arsenal, literally during the season last year, I said, like, I don't want to see him go. If you guys get him, it's going to be an incredible signing. Like, he, he was our, both our transfer of the season, like preseason pick. Um he he's an incredible player. He he has all the potential to be as good as you could possibly be. It's just consistency and belief. When he believes in himself, he's unplayable. And he looked all of that in this game. I mean, the first goal that he took, that attempt that he took there, uh, showed everything you need to know about you know about him. Yeah. Like to have the the balls just flat out to take that chance was incredible. Um, that's what he is. That's who he can be. He's that good. He, I, I'm so excited for you to get to have him in the team. 
because I, in a way, I don't have to. Now I can still root for him because I'm rooting for him on your behalf. Yeah. See, so you finally have some joy in this podcast. <laughs> it is. So. It's it's so nice. Um, but but not just him alone, though, Jimmy. I mean, the whole squad is firing just from the back line. You know, the only player that I can say that I've kind of been worried about these past two matches has been Ramsdale, um, who's been a little bit shaky with his distribution and uh, was at fault for that second Arsenal goal that was let in. Um, but luckily, the team has just been so quick to respond uh, and have his back. I mean, that's another thing about this team. They seem to have each other's back and really care. And the fans have uh, the players back more than anything. I mean, Saliba scored an own goal. Uh, truthfully, it was it was kind of a big error. And the fans cheered for him like he scored a goal uh, and and spurred him back on. And it was really just an incredible thing to see. Um, and I think Arteta and Adu both tweeted out after the match or they said in media that it was one of the most incredible things they've seen that after an own goal, the stadium reacted the way they did. Um, so the feeling around Arsenal is at like an all time high. And it should be. And that's the thing is like, I want to say like, I don't think it's unjustified. I think that Arsenal are a fantastic team right now. I think all the potential is there. It's going to be, can they be consistent? Can they keep it up? Um, can Jesus stay hot? But I, I really, really like this team, Mike. I'm very excited for you. Uh, I don't know. It was such a weird feeling seeing, seeing Jesus score the goal and him and Zinchenko <laughs> celebrate. It was like, oh, my God, this is so weird. But I, I really thought they looked fantastic. I have to say I thought Leicester looked shockingly bad. Um, like, really, really bad. And I, I've said it for years. Amarte? Yeah. That guy stinks. <laughs> he, that guy is so bad. I don't understand how he starts for them. They How they have not been able to replace him. I've just, I don't understand how he continues to play. This Luster team is such an odd team to me. I don't know what they are. I don't know if they're like, okay. If they're awful. If like... I was almost going to make a bold prediction on our preview show that Brendan Rodgers was going to be my first manager sacked. That was going to be my bold one that I was going to say. And then I'm like, nah, that's too bold. Like, they're still too good. Like, they're too much talent. But I'm starting to think maybe I should have had the uh, scoops to jump in on that because I think think Leicester in a weird spot right now. They're definitely in a weird spot. Um... They've leveled out, right? They were they were too high for it felt like too long after they won the league. And I mean, Jamie Vardy still looked good in this match. I mean, he's still gonna pester you down. Uh he was the cause of the own goal, basically. He just played right on the shoulder of Saliba. James Madison's still a very good player, but I feel like James Madison is too easy to take out of a game. Um like the whole first half, James Madison was non existent. And then you know, I mean, they have talent. Like, Drewsbury Hall is a very good player, and Didi Tielemans, uh, who the Arsenal fans are singing, we'll see you next week, uh, to at the end of the match. And then it, it's just that back line, I think, and that goalkeeper. I think losing Schmeichel is a really big deal. Uh, Danny Ward is not it. I, I mean, he made the mistake that led to Granite Jaka's goal, and he's just very sloppy on the ball. His distribution wasn't very good. I think they missed out there. 
they should have worked something out with Arsenal to get Burn Leno in a Tillman's deal. It feels like that was a miss. And their back line is kind of a mess. I mean, like you said, Amarte, he stinks. Johnny Evans is not good enough. Fafana, I mean, very good player. James Justin, very good player. I think Castagne is a very good player as well. But they all are kind of attacking. Um, and Fafana, I mean, I know you mentioned earlier that we were going to talk about him. We have to just because Chelsea are rumored to be paying an outlandish amount of money for him. And he was absolutely destroyed by Gabriel Martinelli in this game. Like, uh, Gabriel Martinelli has been stunning these first two matches and uh, made Fafana look like, you know, he should be sent to the bench. But Leicester, I mean, I'm not expecting top six for them. I'm not expecting Europe, but I think they'll finish probably around seven to ten. Yeah, I mean, I just, I don't see it. I don't know. I don't see it. I don't get, I didn't understand letting Casper Michael go. I feel like he's kept them in a lot of games last season. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just, I don't know. I, I mean, but yeah, Fafana was, he, he was tortured in this game. I mean, in his defense, having to play with your defensive partners being a hundred year old Johnny Evans <laughs> and Amarte is a tough to ask for anybody, no matter how good you are. Um, I just, I don't, I, I don't like this team. I think I just, that's the thing is, I think I'm at the point where I understand I don't like this team. Yeah, I, it's odd because they're, like, I was scared of Crystal Palace. Crystal Palace, I think, are very good. But when we played Leicester, I was like, mm, I don't think we're going to lose to Leicester. Um, so they've lost a little bit of that luster that they've previously had. Um, and then, and if one, Jamie Vardy leaves, if that actually happens, yeah, like, they're in trouble because a big, uh, or the focal point of their attack is just sending in long balls to Jamie Vardy and having him chase him down. Um, but I think uh, Daka would be pretty good at that as well. So we'll see. Um, but again, just to talk about Arsenal again quickly, I think that back line has been phenomenal. Saliba, although he scored an own goal, had another great game. Uh, Granit Xhaka has been excellent. Thomas Partey has been very solid. Um, and... Bakayo Saka, I mean, it's a it's a great day at Arsenal, I guess, when Bakayo Saka did the least. I, I can't remember the last time Bakayo Saka has really not been involved when Arsenal played this well. Um, but Gabriel Martinelli, Gabriel Jesus have just been holding it down up front for these first two matches. Um, and, and it's been phenomenal. And one thing, I know I picked Martinelli as one of my breakout players of the year alongside Eze. Um but he is just looking better by the game. And I texted you about this. Uh, and anyone who listens to this podcast or knows me knows that Bakayo Saka is my my shining star, my favorite player in the league, maybe of all time. Uh, I think he has all the potential in the world. And I think he's already a phenomenal player, probably the best on Arsenal aside from Gabriel Jesus now. Um, but Gabriel Martinelli, I think has more potential than Saka or Emil Smith-Rowe. I think if Martinelli can keep his form and sort out his finishing a little bit, like he might be one of the better players in the league in a few years. He is stunning. He does not quit. I mean, I'm I'm so excited to watch Martinelli play. I, I think I, I've said this to you offline. I think I need to see him play more. I think yeah. that's something I need to 
and I've watched a decent amount of Arsenal. I've seen him. I mean, he he's a very threatening player. I think I need to just pay a little more attention, maybe watching them to specifically what he brings to the game. I will say in this game, he was an absolute menace. He was, he was, he deserved the goal he got. Put it that way, because he, he he deserved a goal in that game the way he played. Yeah, I mean him and Gabriel Jesus up top. I mean that is just uh, a front line that will never quit. They lose the ball, they're going to be on you in a second. It's. I feel like Arsenal are becoming a very difficult team to play, and I'm so happy. Uh, but anyways, Jimmy, let's move on to a team that's not very difficult to play against. Uh, they sit bottom of the table, the worst team in the league. We've been there before. Manchester United lose 4-0 to Brentford after losing on the opening match to Brighton. Jimmy, what is going on with Manchester United? They are awful. <laughs> that's, that's, that's what's going on. This is a bad team. They're bad. Yeah. They're, I, I feel bad bringing back the Laughing at United segment because... <laughs> When we started that, Manchester United were straight up unlikable. Mm-hmm. But now at this point, I'm starting to pity them. I not. I'm not. <laughs> I will not pity them. I will not. I mean, it's... here's the thing. Can I say this? Because like, I feel like so much. I, this is the like everything is now so focused focused on like everybody's like, oh, the owners. We got to get the owners out. They let the stadium fall apart. Or it's like it, you have some of the highest paid players in the league. Some of the biggest transfers in the league, when when you're looking at Jaden Sancho, Harry Maguire, I mean, and they stink. They're awful. Like Harry Maguire is bad. He's bad. Yeah, he's but he's he been gets real bad because Rafael Varane's worse. Yeah. Um, like Jaden Sancho, he stinks. Like Alonga is <laughs> a better player than Jaden Sancho right now. Right now, Alonga is a better player. On merit, Alunga should play. Yeah. He, he offers more than Jason Sancho offers. Same with Marcus Rashford. Marcus Rashford hasn't been good in three years. Like he, he, He's an awesome person. Very quality person. <laughs> Bad football. Yeah. <laughs> like, Did you see they want 120 mil yes. for him? Oh, like, yeah. That. He's a nice guy and all, but I don't know if he's worth 120 mil. Maybe like 30 or 40. Yeah, like, I mean... I mean, this team is bad. I mean, you got your cousin playing it right back. This guy's been in and out of this team for like seven years. Um, <laughs> and Latero, and Mar- not Latero, Lissandro Martinez. I, I mean, he has been the brunt of the joke for the past two weeks, this poor man. Uh, yeah. And they paid a lot of money for him, too. Th- they things did. are looking bad. And Cristiano Ronaldo. I mean, that's why I will enjoy watching United fail because Cristiano Ronaldo is up top and he's miserable and he does absolutely nothing. And I will laugh at Cristiano Ronaldo every chance I get. Um, But, like, the the team is in shambles. They really are. So can we talk about the Ronaldo situation? Is it not the best thing for Manchester United to rip up his contract and let him go? Like A hundred percent. And... I mean, we've talked about how bad Arsenal are at selling players, but I got to credit them. Like, they've been pretty good at at knowing when the time is up. If they can't sell a player, they rip up the contract, and it's worked out so far. Yeah. And Manchester United 100% need to do that with Ronaldo. Just move on. You're not going to sell him. No yeah. one's going to give you a transfer fee and then be able to pay his wages, especially considering how specific he is of where he wants to go. 
Mm-hmm. Just rip up the contract, let him leave. Here's the thing: you're Manchester United. You can afford to bring someone in. Or here's the other thing: you're not going to, you're not competing for the league right now. Figure it out in January. Figure it out next year. I don't know. But this team needs a, a full rebuild. Like they've been trying to scrap together these half-ass rebuilds yeah. for years, and this is how they got in the situation they are now, where they have players on big, big contracts that are not good. Yeah. Um. They need a full rebuild. Maybe just letting him go and go out six months and look in January and see if you can buy a striker. Then I mean, they missed out on the strikers. I mean, they they had chances to get people mm-hmm. and they didn't do it. Um. I mean, honestly, I don't like. I don't mind the idea of going for Vardy. I I think if they could actually add Vardy and let Ronaldo go and run Vardy out there as your striker as you transition to somebody else, I think he'd be a very good transitional piece. At least you know he's going to give you effort. I I which guess is so. More than the majority of this team. I guess so, but I I think you hit the core of the problem. At least in my opinion, is that United haven't accepted that they're not challenging for the league. Like they've added these big name pieces each year. And I think them finishing in second place with Ole that one year, uh, it kind of it made them think like, oh, all we are is a Cristiano Ronaldo away. All we are is a Jaden Sancho away. And then these signings haven't really worked out and they've put a giant financial strain on the club. And it, it just, I think it messes with the chemistry also when you bring in someone for a hundred million pounds in Jaden Sancho. And like you said, Alanga's on the bench and he's better than him and he's getting paid 10% of that. And then Cristiano Ronaldo, the biggest name in football is your striker and doesn't want to play for you. And is a, a toxic player who doesn't work hard. It's just like the, the team is rotten to the core at this point. And like uh, another bandaid this year is Eric Ten Hag. Like, I, I just don't think it makes sense what they're doing doesn't make any sense. They need to accept that they're not challenging for the league. They're barely challenging for the Champions League spot at this point. They're really challenging for Europa League. They need to accept that they're in a rebuilding phase. Yeah, I, I think that's perfectly said. I mean, I know they've been linked with Cunha. They've been linked with Anthony. Like, those are good young players. I think, you know, those would be solid signings. Um, that would be, that should be more where they're focused on. Right. Um, but as I, opposed to like, and I guess I first of all I gotta just say this I know you want to say something but like the whole uh, the whole situation that went on with Marco Anatovic uh, is like that's the, the epitome of what's wrong, Jimmy, because they listen to the fans too much. Exactly. Like first of all, yeah, they're probably right that that's not really who Manchester United <laughs> right, should be that's going true. for. But the fact that you let your fans' opinion dictate your transfer yeah. is absolutely foolish because I'm guessing Tan Hog is probably involved with the decision they wanted to go for him. Yeah. And now you decide we're not going to go for the player you want because the fans don't think it's a good idea. Insane. Like, Jimmy, it's a joke. What if Arsenal listened to their fans about Aaron Ramsdale? Yeah. yeah. I, I like, mean, it, it's just stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, you have to believe in the person you bring in to manage the club. And if Ten Hag wanted an Altovich, you have to go for an Altovich. It, it makes absolutely no sense. It's absolutely foolish. It's it's awful. It just doesn't make any sense at all. Yeah, things are not well at United. Um, and this game showcased all the problems that they have. <laughs> I mean, it started at the back with David De Gea. They're one player who was supposed to be solid. 
um, and has been solid at United. Uh, started with two terrible mistakes that both led to goals. And then from there, it, it, it was always over. I mean, Brentford scored four goals on them in the first half alone and then didn't have to play the second half, really, because United are just, they were defeated already. Um, and I think Ten Hag, he subbed off a few players at halftime as well. Christian Eriksen looked like he was beat. It's it's not going well there. And the sad thing is I don't, or maybe the happy thing for us, but the sad thing for United is just that I don't know what makes this situation better. Whereas yeah. last year, Arsenal started 0-3, right? They lost their first three games of the season, didn't score a goal. And things were pretty bleak then. But at least as an Arsenal fan then, you knew that we were in a rebuilding period. Uh, we have this super young squad. We had played Chelsea and Manchester City as the first two out of three matches. But here, I mean, losses to Brighton and Brentford, who are both tough teams to play, granted, and can sneak out a win against anyone. Um, but it's just not its not the same when you have a team with Cristiano Ronaldo, Bruno Fernandez, Martinez, Harry Maguire, David De Gea, Jaden Sancho. I, I mean... It's it's hard to find a likeness in the situation in that way. Yeah, I mean, and I mean, Brentford ran more than United in the game where they went up four 0 early. That should never happen. Yeah, it's just. I mean, United were disgraceful in this game. I think that's the only way I could put it. They they were disgraceful. They, but I almost felt maybe maybe if you're looking for like the like the positive to take away if you're a United fan is. They need this. Like, they need to, like... I think the fans need to realize how bad this team is, have a reality check. I think the players need it. I think Ten Hag needs it. To now be, like, to the owners, to everyone, this is where this team is. This team is not here trying to get here. We're down here. Mm -hmm. We have... You have to give me the authority, the time needed to bring this team back up. I do think he's a good manager. I do think he has a good philosophy. I just think he needs time. I don't think he necessarily makes sense for the for Manchester United because of the fact that that's not how they are. Like, can't imagine they're going to give him the time he needs or the power he needs to say he needs to be able to do that. We'll see if I'm wrong. Yeah, no, I agree with you. And it's uh, it's funny uh, on Twitter. You know, Patty Power, they're, uh, they're some gambling company, I think, maybe in Ireland. They had already paid out Ten Hag to be the first manager sacked, which is vicious. Yeah. That is just vicious. But that is Manchester United. Uh, who knows? They might bring back Ole. <laughs> uh, and I think one of the last major things we want to talk about is Liverpool, who drew their first two matches against Fulham and Crystal Palace. Uh, both teams, Crystal Palace and Fulham, played really well. And Liverpool were only able to sneak out two out of six points in their first two weeks. Very unlike Liverpool, Jimmy. Do we think that they've taken a step back? Or is it too soon? So I think that's too soon to say that. Yeah. I do think it's too soon to say that. I want to be clear there. But I do want to say I feel a little vindicated when I talked about how important Mane was to this team and how they do not look the same. They don't look as threatening. Mm. They are still a great team. But they just, to me, do not have the cutting edge they had with Mane. I don't see it, personally, through two matches. I have not seen it. I think Luis Diaz is incredible. Scored an awesome goal. He's not Sadio Mane. 
Darwin Nunez is a great player. He's not Sadio Mane. He's he's just not. Um, and I will give credit to Liverpool. This could have very easily been a game where after the red card, they gave up a second goal. Things didn't go their way, and it it, and it just get went off on the wrong foot. I think salvaging the draw like they did is a very good sign for where this team will go the rest of the season. I think playing Manchester United next week is exactly what <laughs> just right. what the doctor ordered. <laughs> so, a seven nil beat down. So I um I do th- I mean this is a great start to the season for our two teams. <laughs> yeah. But uh but I do think Liverpool will be just fine. I, I'm not concerned. I'll put it that way. I'm yeah, not concerned no. about Liverpool. I think it's just again, Palace are a tough team. I know when I'm sure when City plays them, we're gonna have just as big a difficulty as we always do with them. So I won't be surprised if they take points off City too. Um, they have that ability. And and again, I, I think Liverpool will be fine. I just do I do think that, that I don't think they're as good as they were last year. I do think that they are not as good. Uh the question will then be are are City as good as they were last year? I think City can be better. Yeah. But City have a lot less depth than they had last season. And injuries could have a major impact on City. Yeah. Whereas I think Liverpool have a bit more depth because I actually think Fabio Cavallo looks very good the two times I've seen him come on. Um, I think I think they look a little more complete in midfield having Elliot back this season after the injury last year, I think is big. Um, I think their midfield, once everyone's healthy, will be a more intense midfield because I think Thiago really finally found his footing the second half of last season. So this will be the first season when they have a full season out of him. Obviously, he's not playing right now, but you get the point. Yeah. Um, I mean, Fabinho looks a little bit off the pace. And in this game, he was at fault for that goal that Palace scored. Um, But Palace could have scored more. Um, Luis Diaz scored an absolute stunner to salvage a draw for Liverpool. Liverpool looked dangerous the entire time. um, And Palace just wanted to play on the counterattack, which if you go to Anfield and you're Crystal Palace... Uh, it should be expected. But if you're Tottenham Hotspur and you go to Chelsea, maybe you actually try and play the game if you have the team that they have. Just saying, just saying. Um, But uh, I also want to talk about Palace quickly because even though they lost to Arsenal, uh, they then bounce back and get a draw against Liverpool at Anfield. Uh, Put your arm off for a draw at Anfield this (laughs) season. Um, But they they are the most well-drilled team in the league, I think, Jimmy. Patrick Vieira has just been outstanding as the manager of Crystal Palace. What they are accomplishing with this team, uh, I, I think Vieira might be a special manager. Yeah. No, I I actually, I, I tend to agree with that. I've been very, very impressed with them for two seasons now. Uh, I think that there is a great deal of respect for Vieira being the player he was. I think that goes a long way. Especially with a team like Palace, where you have you have real talent there. Like there's actual there's talent there, mm-hmm. and I think getting that belief. And I'm interested to see how the season goes because I wonder if this is uh, like what the next step for him would be. Um, I'm intrigued to see that. So I, I think you know if he has another good season with Palace, I think maybe that's when he begins to look for uh, you know his next move. Yeah, definitely. Um, but Palace are one of those teams. Like I'm so glad Arsenal beat them away like that's a huge result and if that had happened in december or january i'd be like throwing a party i mean it feels a little less important now that it's the first 
match of the season. Um, but that's no small feat. Palace are one of those teams that you just don't want to play. Uh, so credit to them and Liverpool fans. I wouldn't hit the panic button yet. I will say a uh, little bit quiet watching that Anfield game. Unlike Liverpool fans, <laughs> it, it felt like uh, a weird atmosphere. Yeah. Maybe all that winning uh, makes you a little bit jaded and you don't cheer as hard. But we'll see. I'm sure Anfield will be rocking soon enough. Um, some other notable things I just wanted to touch on. Leeds, still undefeated. Uh, probably should have had their second one of the season, but Southampton got a late goal to come back there. Everton, start 0-2. I'm concerned about Everton. They don't look very good, Jimmy. Uh, and Wolves. Wolves can't score. Nothing new there. And the last thing I wanted to mention was West Ham. Start the season 0-2. Nottingham Forest get their first win in the Premier League. West, where where is our August Antonio? Yeah, <laughs> where is I don't this know. man? I don't know. He uh, he hasn't scored, and it, it doesn't make much sense. I mean, he should have at least seven goals by now. Uh, half of his total for the season all usually come in August, so a little bit disappointing there. Yeah, I mean, I I do have to say West Ham do not look very very good. I I think they'll get better. Um, I mean, they're always a streaky team. We know this. Um, I'm excited to see what. Corne and um, Skamaka bring yeah. to the team. So um, we only get to see a short both briefly in this match. And uh, we saw the striker in the previous match against City, but not much. So I think once those two work their way into the team, I think they'll be a bit better. And obviously West Ham still have a very strong lineup. So it's just, you know, it's a, just a bad run. Yeah, definitely. All right, Jimmy. Well, let's hit our predictions for next weekend. Uh, we start off with Tottenham and Wolves. Okay, so my big prediction is neither team, they just leave the ball there. Everybody walks away. That's <laughs> it. No, um, I'm going to go Tottenham 2-1. I think they'll bounce. Yeah. I'll, uh, I'll go 2-0 Spurs. I think Wolves continue to not score. Uh, Everton versus Nottingham Forest. I'm going to go Everton 1-0. I think Everton is slightly better than I expected them to be. I, I, I think it's just because I expected them to be so bad. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna go a one-one draw here. Leicester City versus Southampton. Southampton two-one. I'll take a two-two draw here. Fulham and Brentford. So these are two of my relegation. Well, one of my relegation teams, which was Brentford, and I I had Fulham staying up. Brentford obviously coming off the four-nil victory, but I'm going one-nil Fulham. Oh man, I'll uh I'll go. I'll go 2-1 Brentford. Palace and Villa. So this to me is a 1-1 draw. This is my score. Villa looked pretty good. I mean, granted, they played against Everton. Uh, I'm going to go 2-1 Palace. I I really like Palace this season. Bournemouth and Arsenal. I'm going to stick with Arsenal staying hot. I watched that Bournemouth defense against City. <laughs> They're playing City Juniors. So I'm going to go with a 3-1 Arsenal victory. I'm going to go 4-0 Arsenal. They're going to follow in City's footsteps. Uh, West Ham and Brighton. West Ham, get right. I know Brighton are tough, but mm. I'm going to go 1-0 West Ham. No, it's a 1-1 draw, Jimmy. Brighton don't do anything else but draw. Sorry to tell you. Uh, Leeds and Chelsea. So... 
I was very excited for Leeds. They gave it away at the end this week. It could have been a great start to the season for them. Uh, Jesse Marsh and the boys, but I'm gonna I'm gonna think Chelsea gonna win this one, so I'm going two one Chelsea. Chelsea looked really good last week. Uh, I'll go two nil Chelsea, even though Leeds away. It's a really tough one. Newcastle and City. So Newcastle currently sitting in fifth right now. A decent start to the year for them, but City are too good. Um, two nil City. Yeah, I mean. I don't want to go away to Newcastle this year. I mean, that's a, that's a match that that's scaring me too. Um, I'll go, I'll go to know the city. Yeah, that feels right. Uh, United and Liverpool. <laughs> so here's the thing: being this match, this should be a competitive match, right? Like for all the spirit, but I can't. I just can't believe it will be. I'm going five-one Liverpool. Oh. It's going to be so toxic at Old Trafford. I I can't wait for this one. I think Liverpool are going to beat them down. They need a win. And they're going to go to Man United angry. And United are going to get punched in the mouth early. I think Liverpool beat them 4 now. <laughs> they're going to get punched right in the mouth. It's going to be Relegation rough to Relegation reality for Manchester United. Yeah, it's, a, it's a tough Tough first few matches, but, you know, having been there last season, I'm trying my best not to throw too many stones. Uh, <laughs> but it is fun to watch Manchester United burn a little bit. I will say, <laughs> like, they've got a tough run. I mean, they have Liverpool, obviously. After that, it's Southampton, Leicester. Mm. But I mean, then those are Arsenal, games you should be winning. Palace. Like, it, it's some tough games. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah, I'm excited to play United. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> Everyone is right now. Hopefully they don't steady the ship by then, but we'll see. Uh, but anyways, Jimmy, uh, I think we've hit our time here. We don't have any Twitter questions this week, so why don't you hit them with the plugs, and then we can get going. Yes, uh, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Soccer Mostly. That's where you can fight with Michael and tell him <laughs> that he's a dumb American and whatever else the Spurs fan said to him. <laughs> Um, you can also email us those complaints at mostlysoccershow at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing from you. Yeah, good, bad, and even the ugly people. We look forward to hearing from you. <laughs> and then I will put you in a blender. All right. Thank you so <laughs> much for listening. Physically, apparently. <laughs> and then if, if you, you come to Johnston. If you have a picture of a footballer from the Premier League and you have a stupid name, Michael's coming for you. I He's will find you. you down. And if you come to Rhode Island for an ass kicking, let me know. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening, and we will see you next time. Bye-bye.